to the start. <laughs> Are we ready? We're ready. Oh, did you tell Christina about the smile? Oh, no, you have to tell her. So if you don't mind, say something so that the camera is directed, uh, it directs its attention at you and then make a nice smile so that we have a pretty screen grab for our website. Okay, right now? Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, Let's go, Heather. Oh, that's so amazing. Hey, welcome to Access to Justice. I'm your host, Heather Malarick of Merrick Law. I'm joined today by Evan Clark of Kahane Law. Hi, Evan. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Heather. Your hey was so enthusiastic that it caught me off guard. And I just appreciate that. Appreciate your enthusiasm on this afternoon. <laughs> I'm excited. We got the gang back together. It feels like it's been a little while. So it's it's very exciting. Um Speaking of the gang, we've got uh, Kim McDonald here today as well, McDonald Advisory. Kim's a financial advisor and insurance advisor with Raymond James Limited. Hi, Kim. How are you? I missed you guys also. I think it's been a couple months since we jumped on here. So I uh, was wondering what cute little haircuts were going to show up today or what uh, <laughs> exciting adventures you guys have to report. Um, I don't know. Are there any, Heather? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> same old, same old. No adventures. I, well, I did just get a haircut literally right before this. So looks good. Um, but it's not like adventurous per se. It's pretty conservative. And I think the spirit of our podcast today is all about adventure, is it not? And being conservative. Conservative <laughs> adventure. Conservative in your adventures. Kim, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm very excited for today's guest. We've got Christina Kosh here from Tugo Travel. She is a travel insurance specialist. Can I say that? A specialist? Yeah. She has been 22 years in the travel biz, and I am very excited to pick her brain today. Welcome, Christina. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. Man, that segue was amazing, Heather. Yeah, that was money. <laughs> so um, before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit. My husband used to be a travel agent um, and he worked in the business. This is probably like 15 years ago. Now we got lots of nice perks. Do you get lots of nice perks in your world? No. And every time I tell somebody I do travel insurance for a living, they're like, oh, you're a travel agent. And I'm like, no, not at all. Not the same thing. But every time. But no perks. No perks. What about not even good deals on insurance? Uh, well, they give me free. Well, the company pays for my travel insurance. Because I mean, how terrible would that be if I travel and I have a claim and I'm not insured? I'm sure that'd be a PR nightmare. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, we get a lot of perks insurance wise. Yes. Okay. Well, that's some. That's something. So it is good. And for those of you that don't remember, uh, I don't even know which episode it was on, but. In the midst of COVID, right as we were, they were kind of lifting travel restrictions, but still had a bunch of dumb restrictions about, you know, like you could go, but, you know, I decided to go with my family to Mexico. And we, the risk of being, having to just stay there for another 
period of time because of testing positive for COVID was so high that we, um, I called Kim McDonald up <laughs> and uh, she hooked me up with some travel insurance that had a COVID clause that covered um, travel cancellation or travel plans being ruined because of a COVID test. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's test and see if though, if that really works. And so two of my kids got COVID. Good test. <laughs> and it, it worked. And that brand of insurance was to go. Amazing. Well, then I'm glad I'm on this podcast. It'd be bad if so, it was a terrible claim and you had me on, right? So that's good news. Yeah, it was not terrible. It was, um, it was really affordable. I think it was like something like 130 bucks for my whole family. And, um, and yeah, it worked. I mean, when we found out, we got the test, it was like the day before we were going home. And so, you know, it's on the phone to, to go like there's an 800 number you call obviously. And, and they, you know, they were helpful and gave us instructions of what we needed to do. And I'm not going to lie. It's not like the claim happened, uh, right after we got home and we got all the money back. It took a while, but they covered everything that they said they were going to cover. And and as long as we had the receipts for it and everything, it was covered. So I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because that's also something I wanted to bring up. Because if you have a non-hospitalization claim, a lot of people just assume the insurance company is just going to react and boom, here's your money. And that's really not how it is, because if it's a hospitalization, we want to do direct billing. But if it's a non-hospitalization, thank goodness your kids are okay and it didn't escalate into something worse, of course. But uh, those ones you can really just hang on to your receipts and submit them later. So hopefully, you know, we can also get that across so people are a little bit more aware, not waiting on hold and being annoyed with insurance companies because it's not as urgent. Maybe they feel it's urgent, but it's not as urgent. So, But I'm glad things worked out. That's good news. Yeah. And isn't that the most important thing about an insurance policy is the claims payout ratio? Like how likely is this insurance company to give you your money back if you pay this premium? It seems yeah. like people complain all the time about having insurance and they put a claim through yeah. and it just doesn't work out for them. Um yeah. So, yeah, I think it's it's interesting to have you on the program because you're with the insurance carrier. You're the woman who's who's behind the company that is supposed to give us our money back. So um, yeah. I don't know if you can talk a little bit about what that looks like in the industry in terms of getting your money back. Yeah, I can't really speak on terms of other companies because I really don't know. Um, but I'm happy to say that we pay out 98% of our claims, which is an extremely high stat in the Canadian travel insurance market. Um, so I love to say that we are here to look to pay the claims, whereas a lot of people will, you know, have a really bad situation, but they never tell you both sides of the story. And that's always something I always find interesting. I'm sure as lawyers, you guys hear that all the time. Um, there is always two sides. So when an advisor someone's having a really bad claim and I get a really bad email, I'm like, let me investigate. And there's always going to be another side of the story. Like, why did someone get something denied? What was, you know, the stability of that issue? Was it an insurable condition? Um, there's always going to be two sides to every story. Um, but I'm happy I don't ever really have to send out emails or make those phone calls to say, hey, here's another denied claim. Um, I'm happy I never really, that's not something I do on a daily basis. So I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> 
Christina, before we get into that, because I have some questions about the meat and potatoes and the yeah. claims and all that stuff. But before we get into that, um, I guess maybe just to clarify for me and for the listeners, we're talking about he- travel health insurance. Is that right? So that is correct. does this cover if I book a trip to Hawaii for February and I get sick before and can't go? Or okay, are we so- talking about getting sick on a holiday or what are we talking about? So we are talking about a few different things, and I'm glad you're clarifying. Thank you very much. So uh, first, we were talking about travel medical insurance, which is only to be used for emergencies that are sudden and unexpected, which I know that can be like a massive definition because anything could be sudden and unexpected. But what we're trying to get across is you're not scheduling, you know, that hip surgery in Arizona because you were on a wait list in Alberta and can't wait. Um, That's not what we're insuring. We're insuring the guy who had a random heart attack. Um, We're having insuring the the kid who broke their ankle or caught COVID and couldn't come home or that's what we're insuring on medical. Now, if you want coverage in terms of getting money back if you test positive prior to departure and now you want your money back because you can't go on vacation that's going to fall on something called trip cancellation insurance and that's a little bit different and then what evan went through would have fallen under trip interruption insurance because he was already away on his vacation and his trip got medically interrupted by his kids and therefore was able to claim on some extra benefits gotcha okay so there's a few different categories if I've learned anything on this podcast is that <laughs> as soon as you start asking questions you find out that there's a whole whole uh, bunch of stuff under the iceberg so do you sell all three of those types of insurance yes we okay. do we also okay. offer baggage insurance car rental insurance trip cancellation interruption medical insurance tons of stuff so even more but... all kinds yeah. of things okay and the policy the policy we got was it covered it, it covered all those it didn't cover baggage it wasn't uh no. i don't think baggage was included but it was uh what christina last said which is that trip cancellation trip interruption and the medical insurance what like that covers just anything if you had to go to the hospital or something even if you didn't interrupt your trip that was the medical insurance piece as well that was all included in one policy is that normally how it is christina well, I actually encourage people and brokers when they're selling a policy, if you're selling a medical plan, please always add on trip interruption. There are so many things going on in the world. I think we can all agree that over the weekend, obviously, the world kind of exploded even more. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to make sure you have coverage for travel advisories that are going to interrupt your trip. You want to make sure that you were going to get those you know, hotels, those, those prepaid Disney tickets reimbursed if you are going to miss some sort of your trip because of a medical issue, because someone passed away at home. So those are all things that are easily insurable, but people need to make sure that they are purchasing those types of insurance. Um, Also, when it comes to group plans, credit cards, they're not all created equally. And I can almost guarantee not every group plan even includes a trip interruption policy. So even if someone were to be like, I have group medical insurance or I have credit card coverage, I can almost guarantee that they are missing an aspect of interruption insurance. And that's equally important right now to have as medical. Okay. Well, more and more too, if you want to talk about trip cancellation, more and more airlines are advertising their fares to be competitive and they're removing all kinds of features that were years ago were just part of your airline ticket. They were including the price. No one ever talked about them. And these are things like if you have to reschedule your flight 
or, you know, kind of stuff that you would expect from a bare bones carrier are now like everybody's doing that. Like at least here in Canada, WestJet and Air Canada offer these low fares that include nothing. Like if you, if you have to cancel your flight, sorry, you're screwed. If you get the bare bones one and then they charge a premium for you to be able to cancel your flight or change your flight. So um, obviously I think for your insurance, I don't think it's for any reason that you we're talking if there's like specific things that you that are covered for trip cancellation what can you talk a bit about that yeah so actually Kima brought up cancel for any reason before we started recording as well so i'm glad you brought it up so trip cancellation and trip interruption is a named risk policy which means it specifically covers things that are listed in the wording booklet and I know, you know, I might be speaking Greek to some people, which is fine, but every doc, every, I guess, policy is going to come with a wording booklet. So if you're traveling on it, you really should ask for this booklet. And in that policy is going to list, if you get called up for jury duty, you would be able to cancel and get your money back. Oh. If you get called up from the reserves because the world's falling apart and you're part of the reserves and now you have to forego your trip to Mexico that's a reason to cancel and get your money back. Um, if you get really sick and you're unable to go, that's a reason. So those are listed risks in the wording. Now, there are things that are not listed, which people deem important to them, such as their dog dying, right? Maybe their dog died and that affected them and they want to cancel and not go on this trip. That doesn't fall under the regular lists of what's covered. Mm -hmm. So that would fall under the cancel for any reason. However, it only gives back 50% of your out-of-pocket expenses. So the cancel for any reason is a little bit more restrictive. It must be purchased within a certain number of days of your money becoming non-refundable, where trip cancellation as a standalone does not. It can be purchased kind of whenever. Um, and then also I want to talk a little bit about stability, which is really, really important, especially when it comes to trip cancellation, trip interruption. As you had mentioned, it's super easy to go onto WestJet and just add on your medical and boom, 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 you're done. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people are unaware that there's a stability period for trip cancellation interruption, which is 60 days stable prior to purchasing the insurance. And that period of stability is not just for you, the traveler, but it's for your mom that you're leaving at home or grandma who's 80 years old that's not traveling with you, right? If you want to come home because grandma randomly passed away while you were in Hawaii, grandma had to be stable prior to you purchasing the insurance in order for that policy to fly you back to Canada. Wow. Like I get, yeah, I get so many, well, grandma's not doing so great. I'm going to buy some travel insurance. It's not, if you have reason to suspect you're going to make a claim and that's where you're going to get the terrible news story about the big bad insurance company who's denying my claims. And those are where it bugs me. And I want to make comments on all those stories all the time. So, um, okay. So what I'm so, hearing you say is that's not just uh that's not just a WestJet travel insurance. That's thing. all Whoever, of them. It's all of the travel insurance for, for trip cancellation. Yeah. In order for an ins like an insurable reason to be incurable and it's related to something to do with medical, the, the person that is the cause of you canceling the trip had to be stable for two months before you, you or, purchased yeah. the insurance. 
some period of defined, some defined period of stability. Exactly. And that is, it's so easy, like you said, to just go on WestJet and add all that on. But I think people are just not reading the fine print because no one really does. No one And they're buying it with the intent of making this claim because grandma's sick and we're going on vacation, but I can't take the stress and she's going to die. And let's let's be honest, WestJet is totally fine with that. They're totally fine with them buying that and being mad afterwards. Which is where it comes into like, well, well, if you buy from somebody like Kim, they're going to ask the questions and they are going to know like, that's right. They can flag for you like, oh, well, just so you know, that might be an issue. Yeah. Stability thinking, doesn't just apply to the traveler. Hmm. That's wow. That is, I mean, if you take one tidbit out of this today, I think that's a, that's a really big one because you do, I mean, I've, I've been in that position before, like, Oh, should I book the flight or not? You know, I've got this going on or that and who knows, but you think, Oh, well, if I have insurance, that's going to cover me. So at least I won't be out the cost of that trip, but it's good to know that that's yeah. not necessarily the case. So that's, that's a big one. Thank you, Christina. Holy. Can I roll into, because it kind of ties into travel advisories as well. Yeah. Right. If you already knew that there was the Maui fires and you decided to book a trip anyways, and you're like, ugh, if they're still going, we'll just cancel quickly before we go. It was already a known risk. So it's not going to cover that. So it's really important people are checking the travel government travel advisory website because that stuff's changing on a daily basis. And saying, I wasn't aware is not okay because ignorance is not bliss and everything is date and time stamped on that website. Mm. So even if you're like, I didn't check the website, I didn't know the world was blowing up over here. Right. Sorry, like that's kind of on you. And so it's oh. important people are taking ownership of that as well. That's another really good tip. Presumably that's from the date that uh, advisory is posted, though. You don't need a period of stability before that, or do you? No. So okay. if you okay. If, okay. Yeah. If you book it today and there's yeah. no advisories, you're yeah. good to go. And then okay. all of a sudden the advisory happens tomorrow. Coverage is in place. You had no idea. You're good. Right. So that's why you really want to buy it ASAP, because who knows when these kind of things are going to come out. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh, fascinating. And it's important to read the to read that fine print if you can, or at least have a good advisor that can guide you. Because, um, specifically, I rem- I remember for the COVID insurance, like Kim really like went above and beyond for me for that for like, and I'm sure she got like a whole twenty dollars of uh, commission off of that policy. <laughs> but we we did some serious digging because. I purchased it with my credit card. I have a credit card that has a high annual fee. So it's supposed to have good insurance. It it does have decent, I think, trip cancellation and and everything as long as you bought it with a credit card. But of course, it did not have anything about COVID. So it did not cover COVID was excluded. Um, And we looked, Hugo wasn't the only one we looked at. I can't remember the other one, Kim. Was it Manu? Manu, yeah. So we looked at Manulife as well. And Manulife were a little wishy-washy slash didn't well i don't i don't i don't know but we got a solid answer from tugo that like yeah this this is how it works for covid because there was questions like it was a known risk at the time yep it was a known risk and so obviously we wanted to make sure that okay everyone here knows we all know going traveling and getting covid is a risk right now um and 
Chugo explicitly was willing to like clarify because it was a new thing, right? COVID hadn't yeah. been around for that long. It's like a year and a half. And so and it's not like insurance companies can react immediately to this kind of thing. No. Um, so, um, but they, they were able to provide Kim with the reassurance that no, this, this scenario, like this insurance covers that scenario. No one has COVID before you go, you go and you get COVID and then it's covered. So there might be some things like that. Like that's a, that's a unique experience and that's kind of gone. Now you can fly. You don't have to get a COVID test before you fly back from Mexico now. So that's not as, as important, but if there is kind of a, a scenario like that, that you're heading into, especially if you kind of like, you're worried about it. And so you're thinking about insurance. That's for sure. Those kinds of questions you need to ask to make sure that that it's still covered because you can buy the coverage. You can buy any insurance you want. And if it turns out that you, you couldn't have ever been covered, the most that you'll ever get is a return of premiums. Correct. Isn't that so, interesting? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can't pull a fast one on the insurance companies like, like below. No. There's so much money tied up in there. If there was an arbitrage opportunity, um, the loophole has been closed. That is very true, which also brings me to my next kind of segue into the amazing thing about Tugo. One of the other amazing things about Tugo is the fact that we really try not to deny claims. See, we're one of the only companies that actually has a backup clause on our medical health questionnaire. So as long as you are eligible to purchase in the first place, so four points eligibility, and then stable. So depending on your age and how long you're traveling for, there's gonna be a stability period that you have to meet prior to departure in order for us to cover any type of pre-existing condition that might exist now. But as long as you're eligible and stable, if you somehow make a mistake on our medical questionnaire, instead of saying, you know, good luck with life, here's your $300,000 denied claim, we'll see you later. Tugo would pay the first, sorry, you would pay the first 15,000 US deductible and we would pay the remainder up to the millions of dollars that are covered. Hmm. And we are one of the only companies that actually has a backup clause because all we do is travel insurance. And we want to make wow. sure we do it really, really well and make sure our brokers who are sticking their necks out for us offering our product are also covering their backside because it can be scary. And we're not doctors, right? You have no idea what are on these people's medical records and no idea how stable they've been. Right. So yeah, that backup clause is also really important. Hmm. And it's and it's not like actually. a high ticket item like a universal life policy, right? Like it's you're not spending thousands of dollars usually on on your travel insurance. You're spending like a hundred, exactly. And yeah. depends on the age, how long the trip, whatever. But you're spending hundreds, not not thousands generally. And so um, that's pretty. I, I like that. That's smart that they're doing that because yeah, you know, if you think about it from the broker's pr perspective, if they have to do all this extra due diligence just to sell the travel insurance, they're not going to put any effort forth. That's right. What's the point? What's the risk versus the reward? So, right. yeah. So this so way, that, yeah, it's nice. It is. It's important, we feel. Our, our CEO is very adamant about keeping that in place. We have a lot of competition. It's like, why would you even have this in here? What a waste of money. But it's important for us to do the mm. right thing. And that's something we've always hung our hat on a bit. So mm. that's a, it is a very nice feature. Yeah. So you mentioned filling out the medical form. So tell me a little bit, and I know this from our previous uh, episodes about life insurance and disability insurance. What 
why are why do people have to fill out a medical form and what that's what is that all about I know you mentioned age I'm guessing you're sort of looking for pre-existing conditions how does that work with travel insurance so when it comes to travel insurance as soon as you hit a certain age every company is going to have a different age bracket with to go it's 60 plus so as soon as you hit age 60 you're going to have to start filling out a five question medical questionnaire and that questionnaire literally only determines the rate It has no other purpose. And that is also why it's super important with our program that you do go over, are you even eligible to purchase? Do you meet that stability period? And as long as you do that, we essentially will not deny the claim. It's Hmm. just ready to go. And that medical questionnaire is just to determine how much you're going to pay for that policy. Okay. Not all companies work the same way, obviously, but I can only speak for us. So. Okay. So under 60, you're not filling out any eligibility stuff. You're nope. You still are doing eligibility oh. and stability, but no oh. medical questions. Ah, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Never got away from that. Okay. And then any pre-existing medical conditions after the age of 60 might just change your oh, I guess pre-existing medical. Tell me about that then. What if there is a pre-existing medical condition? What happens then? Okay. So let's say you have high blood pressure and cholesterol. And you want to go on an amazing trip to Jamaica with your partner. Yeah. And you are, you know, continually, they just got diagnosed with high blood pressure. So they're doing a few tests on you and they're not sure what dosage to give you yet. So you're going back and forth to the doctor and you're like, hey, let's go talk to our insurance agents. Go talk to Kim and let's figure this out. And Kim's going to say, okay, are you eligible to purchase? So doctor's blessing to travel. You do not have a terminal illness. You are not receiving palliative care and you have provincial health care in place. That's it for our eligibility. And then she's going to ask, what types of pre-existing conditions, meaning what kind of medications are you taking? What is on your medical record today? And you're going to explain to her, I take a cholesterol pill that I've been on for two years, no changes. It's been very stable, no changes. But I just got diagnosed with high blood pressure three weeks ago, and they're doing some experimenting, figuring out my dose, but we wanted to leave to Jamaica in a week. What can you do for me? Why would any insurance company cover something we don't know what's going on? Hopefully, this Mm -hmm. is just logical. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's where the stability is going to come into play. We need to make sure that condition meets a stability period prior to departure of your home province in order for us to cover that risk. Because if you have outstanding tests, if you have something that's pending, no one's going to want to cover that because there's a lot of unknowns. So that's a big one. So that's where, am I eligible to purchase? Does the condition meet the stability period? And if so, it's going to be covered while you're away on vacation. Mm. So fast forward to that same person who walked in, but it's two years later and they've got their test result back and they've had the same blood pressure pressure meds going on for the past year and a half. That's going to be okay. That's what we want. We want to see longer stability. So we actually encourage snowbirds, people that go away for six months at a time, If you're going to go to the doctor, do it when you get home in March, April, so that if they change your health, they change your meds, you have time to gain stability. So when you want to leave again in November, Mm. because usually stability, you're looking at six months for the older age groups. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. And if you're under 59 and under, you're looking at low stability. So Evan and his family would have only had to be seven days stable prior to departure. Yeah. And so, and so what we're talking about here is, so if, if you don't meet that stability requirement. You can still buy the insurance and you're covered for everything else except for that condition that you're that has not met the stability requirement. Is that right? 
That is 100% correct. Yes. So as long as you're eligible, you can buy the insurance. It just comes down to if it's stable or not, will it have coverage or not? Oh, so they'll do an exclusion for that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Kim's going to be really careful with those exclusions because you don't want to sell like a heart exclusion or a brain exclusion, right? Those are kind of important. So she's going to call me and be like, what do I do? <laughs> and I feel so bad for people home. like Christina because <laughs> I bug them all the time because everybody's got such unique circumstance. <laughs> That's okay. And for those people, you say stay in Canada. That's what you say because our in Canada product doesn't have a stability clause. You just have to be eligible and you can buy it and go anywhere in Canada. So there's different areas that you can still have health conditions and still get insurance. Just depends on where you're going. Okay. I was going to follow up on something because you mentioned something before about provincial health care. So mm. what, 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 I think it was part of the questions that you asked. How does yeah. that factor into all of this? I'm going to ask you three a question. Are you oh, all in no. Alberta? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, are the you tables all? are turned. <laughs> okay. Are you all in Alberta? Yes. 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 Okay. How much do you think Alberta Healthcare gives you towards a claim per day in the USA today? Like if I go there and have a heart attack? Yes. If you go to the United States today and have a heart attack, how much does your Alberta Healthcare give you per day in the States? Towards that not claim? enough. My guess is not enough. Zero? Zero? Is that your guess? Yeah. Okay. Evan says not enough. Kim? Oh, gosh. I'm the one who's supposed to be selling this stuff. I should know. I think it's, I don't think it's zero. I think they give us some. And for, for whatever reason, I'm thinking it's like, it's a low amount, like 10,000. But uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Heather, maybe how much they'd spend on us here. Can I change my answer? You can no? change your answer. Yeah. Um, it was about to be right though. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm going to say, Heather was the closest on her first answer. <laughs> and the answer is a hundred bucks a day. 100 bucks a day. Ah, sorry, that was exactly what I said. Evan, yeah, you're right. Okay, here's another question. You can redeem yourself. Are you ready? Okay. How much are they charging on average just for a bed in the USA today? So that's not a doctor, no medication, no medical intervention, just for a bed in the United States. How much are they charging? For a day? More than 100 per day. Per day. More than 100. I'm $400. Okay. Yikes. <laughs> What what did you say, Heather? Four hundred dollars. Forty four hundred dollars. Forty four hundred. Evan, what was your pick? More than a hundred. He's going vague, trying to win the vague answers, and I appreciate that. I'm just gonna keep sticking with ten thousand, and maybe I'll hit it. You are super <laughs> close. It's between ten and fifteen thousand dollars. Holy cow! For a bed in the United States. So if you are only traveling on your Alberta healthcare, you're gonna have huge out of pocket expenses. It is absolutely ridiculous. So this is why having only provincial healthcare is a really big idea. All travel insurance companies are going to subrogate that claim with that travel and with sorry with Alberta Healthcare to get back some of that money. So that's why they actually make it mandatory that you keep your provincial healthcare in place. Otherwise, we only cover fifty thousand dollars. If you don't have your provincial healthcare in place at the time of a claim, fifty grand—that's all you get, as opposed to the millions that it should be. Um, also talking about interprovincial travel. I want to mention that uh -huh. because there's a big misconception where a lot of people be like, oh, yeah, I have my Alberta healthcare. I can just go to BC. We're good to go. But we will only pay for it. And Heather, you kind of had it on right on the nose. Oh. Your Alberta healthcare will only pay for what they pay for in Alberta in other provinces. So an ambulance bill alone isn't paid by your Alberta healthcare at home. 
why would it be paid for in BC? And that's what, 800 bucks already? And an in-Canada policy, you're looking at maybe 20 bucks for a week. So it's a really good idea to have some sort of coverage in place, even in Canada. And that's the kind of nuggets we look for here is like, because yeah. <laughs> seriously, seriously, like the, that is such a high leverage product because, and we don't think you're right. We don't think about it. I mean, I moved here from BC and there, and you have like, you can't even get an Alberta health card until you've been here for six months. I think it is right. and you have to be yep. six months before you can transition. So you're on, I was on my BC medical until I could get my Alberta health card. Um, no, nothing happened and didn't even notice. And that's what most of the time the case, right? Most of the time you're healthy and you don't need to claim and you wouldn't even notice the fact that you have a different coverage, but, um, you notice when you need it and it's kind of too late. So it's so much better just to be aware of the risk. Like our, what we do all the time, Heather and I, I mean, Kim does this too, to an, I'm sure, but a lot of the times what, what Heather and I are doing, we're, we don't care what decision our clients make. We just want to make sure they have all of the information and know the risks before they make that decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I didn't even know about that risk. I don't even, I don't even know anything about the differential in coverage yeah. between the different provinces. Cause why yeah. would I? Yeah. Absolutely. And I wish I could say that I wasn't a victim of my own silliness, but my mom and dad went camping in June to Saskatchewan and she ended up having a massive claim, hospitalized, air evacuations. She's fine. We're good to go. But uh, I didn't sell them travel insurance and I do this for a living. Oh, right. No. And I'm really lucky that the provincial health care actually did pay for the air evacuation between provinces. There was no bill for that. But my poor father still had to pay all these ambulance bills that should have been covered had I bought the $20 silly policy. Right. I'm my own victim, which I just kicked myself right now. Mm. But I just I can speak till I'm blue in the face about travel. I'm the worst person to sit next to on the airplane and tell me you didn't get travel insurance. I'm that jerk. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking too, like the reasons why I live, leave the province, I'm going camping and hiking out in a mountain, I'm going skiing, I'm going surfing out on the coast, (laughs) you're in a different city, you're not like as aware of traffic or whatever, right? Like it's maybe you kind of up your chances of doing something risky or being injured. And I just would have never occurred to me to get insurance if you're leaving the province, but that's a good one. And that road to Tofino, Heather, that is a windy, treacherous road. Sure is. Beautiful. (laughs) But actually, you brought up a good point about sports. Can we talk about that? Yeah, let's. Okay. Did you know that there's a lot of exclusions when it comes to things like scuba diving? (laughs) I'm like, you're about to tell me camping, hiking. No, (laughs) those are aren't covered. I have no insurance ever. (laughs) No, you sound like you're good to go. I think you're okay. But things like backcountry skiing, right? Off-piece skiing, um, mountaineering, right? None of that's actually covered by a lot of insurance companies. Tugo actually has a niche market and we have a niche product. And you can add on different riders depending on what sports you're going to be doing. So you can actually pay for extra coverage so if you're going to go do some motorized speed contests or wingsuit flying or scuba diving we actually have riders that you can add on to have that coverage because if you look at your credit card excluded group plan 
excluded. Other insurance plans, excluded. So making sure if you are an adventure traveler like yourself, Heather, that if you are doing something more extreme and risky, that you are double checking, even like downhill mountain biking. Right. That's a big one. There's another huge exclusion. Yeah. (laughs) So we even have like wingsuit flying ones. We have parachuting, paragliding. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of things that could be excluded that people should really look into. I think that's really important. Oh, sorry, Evan. No, that's okay. You're right. You you said, just in case people didn't hear it because I talked over you, you said it's really important. Well, I get this question a lot. Like there's so many people who want to go backcountry skiing in Alberta or backcountry skiing in BC. And they don't know if there's a difference between what the travel insurance with their company will cover. Do they need to buy extra to go with the backcountry rider if they're in Alberta and it's their home province versus if they're in BC? And I think there's a lot of listeners who would be dying to get that exact clarity on that issue because they think that, yeah, credit card will cover me. If that doesn't, right. then I've got my group plan at, that's got travel coverage for medical. Um, I'm in my own province. What more could I possibly need yeah. to be covered? So in home province, you actually don't need travel insurance because you have your provincial health care. So at that point, you're kind of relying on the search and rescue of your provincial health care. You're relying just on provincial health care and that's it. But if you are going to do mountaineering in BC and you're from Alberta, you absolutely need to have something in place. Our policy even provides an extra benefit, a $6,000 benefit to get you off the mountain, to get you to an ambulance so we can get you to a hospital. So we purposely have that included because we do insure a lot of people that love to do those kind of sports. Hmm. That's yeah. That's really good information. Question to go back to the provincial healthcare. Cause I just learned this about travel insurance. Mm. I did not know that I would need to pick up the phone and call some sort of government body to extend my provincial healthcare past a certain number of days. I don't think any Canadian knows this, that they actually need to know how long their provincial health care covers them yeah. on their vacation before they actually need to pick up the phone and ask for an extension on that. Can you talk a little bit about that yeah. little nugget? Yeah. So what she's talking about, Heather's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so every province has a number of days that you're actually allowed to be outside the province for. So in BC, you guys get 182 days. Alberta, we're only allowed to be outside of home province for 212 days at a time before tax implications start becoming a problem and before they start cutting you off of your provincial health care. So if you are going to be going longer than the allowed time, so 212, you need to pick up the phone, call Alberta Healthcare, and let them know you're going to be gone for an extended period of time. Otherwise, they will cut you off. And then you only have $50,000 of travel insurance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But that's an easy call. You just let them know yes. and they'll extend it. And just Absolutely. say, well, I'm going to be away for 214 days. Exactly. <laughs> or I'm not coming over two years, which is right. also a lot of people do. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all that's the a- things I did when I was young. That right. That's about, that. that's about how long I was in Kuwait for. 200, <laughs> I think it was 218 days. Or maybe it was, yeah. What were you in Kuwait? Seven, seven months. I'm, I'm in the reserves in the military, so I did a tour in Kuwait. There you go. And I was not covered by, um, I had to get uh, Blue Cross coverage because in the military, you're covered by Blue Cross. 
Okay. It's like a federal, it's like a federal plan. So don't worry. I was insured. <laughs> the queen, queen at the time it was the queen. They don't, she doesn't really pay insurance. They just, uh, they just deal with it. So are you still in the reserve? I am. Yeah. So if you did get trip cancellation and you had a trip booked and you got called up, you would be able to use that as a reason to get your money back. Well, that's, that's an interesting thing I want to talk about actually. And maybe it, it's a little niche, so I wasn't going to, but, but go there, but there's no such thing as getting called up when you're in the okay. reserves, unless like it's happened twice in, in, in our history, world war one and world war two. It's like, you have to pass a new act in parliament that would override the defense act. Okay. Because the defense act does not allow for conscription or for, um, making people that are in the reserves serve, even though they don't want to. Oh, hmm. so, um, but that being said, it could be the case that I didn't know about uh, a tour opportunity and then chose to go on a tour. Mm-hmm. Would trip cancellation cover that? Yeah, that's what I was just wondering. Like, what if it's a voluntary mm. offering? Because <laughs> it's all I'm... voluntary. I think. I think maybe if you're in the in the in the regular force, you can be told that you're going. Oh. Uh, so that that's would make sad. sense. But I, I don't think you. They can't tell me I'm going in the reserves. Unless, you know, there was a new law. And those laws are have historically been extremely unpopular in Canada and, and take a lot of political capital to 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 do. So there has to be an actual, like, you know, how long was World War II? It was a few how years. Long was it? Oh. Yeah. 30, what is it? 38 to 45 or something. Okay, something that's like interesting. That. So the actual benefit reads, and that's what I've been trying to do, figure it out here. It says you or your traveling companion being summoned to police fire paramedic or military service active or reserve that's what the benefit says if summoned. you get summoned, summoned. so firefighters being summoned to fort mcmurray to fight the fire yep and that caused you so i'm not sure if it would be based on i can get you the answer though absolutely if it was like yeah i'll volunteer i'm in guys i'm there if that constitutes as being summoned. Yeah, I wonder, because they can summon you and like, like for example, every year we do, there's wildfires these days. Yeah. And um, this year, where were they the worst? I think I think the forces might've deployed to Yellowknife or something. I, I can't remember, but certainly in the past, um, there have been deployments for, for natural disasters. But in the reserves, it's still they they will they will put out a call for volunteers and say who's available to do this, and so I just would wonder if that would be enough because that's kind of a summons. I think but is so. that is that enough? If that's all it is, and it's just volunteer. If you're in the reserve, you have the opportunity to volunteer, and that's your summon. I believe that's what they would mean. But I absolutely will get you guys. I'll send it to Kim yeah. to send you an answer because that's, that's a good yeah. question. I wasn't that's aware about that, Evan. Question. You're before all our military, yeah, yeah. Before all our military guys go out and buy uh, insurance, thinking it's going to cover uh, changing their plans because they're going to go on a tour, we'll get that answer for you. So don't, yeah, uh, yeah. Be, well, be careful. And it's not so niche, really, because you listed firefighters, police, paramedics, yeah. right? Like those folks do get called up for um in states of emergency and stuff That's too. Right. So. That's good to know. Oh, very interesting. And there's volunteer fire departments too, right? That's right. I assume that would cover that as well. Yeah, Yeah. I'll get back to you. Good point. Okay. Okay. 
I've got a bit of a left turn here. So I'm still thinking about, you know, my last trip to Banff in the mountains. What if you are doing something that's um, either illegal or ill-advised when you get hurt? So I've seen people like... Oh, I thought we were going to get a confession. I know. I was waiting for something. (laughs) No, I'm always a good role model for my children. I'm not going to tell stories of my youth. (laughs) There are people who are always like, there can be the yellow, uh, you know, most brightly painted yellow metal guardrail. Do not go over. Don't go off beyond this point. And then you see two people standing 15 feet beyond it, taking a selfie or pictures of one another to post on their Insta or whatever. If that person falls and is injured and they're like clearly violating you know, national park boundaries or local laws or something. Does does insurance still cover them? Is that still okay? So that, I'm glad you brought this up because this also ties into alcohol, abusive prescribed medication, right? Like we'll talk about all of that. Sure. So, okay. Okay. So out of bounds. Mark, is, this is the exciting part. Here we go. The really here we exciting go. part. Of the <laughs> <laughs> so there is an exclusion when it comes to out of bounds and our sports riders. So oh, okay, if, let's okay. say you are doing backcountry or sorry, high risk snowmobiling, you're doing high marking and you're up and you've been drinking, you know, you're from Alberta, hold my beer, just joking. I live in Edmonton. I can joke about this, right? Um, but yeah, so he's snowmobiling, he's been drinking against the legal limit, which is 0.08 in our policy. Again, I can't speak for all policies, um, but he's snowmobiling, he's high marking, he purchased. It's, it's a she, keep it's going. A, Okay, it's a sh- whatever. <laughs> it's a she. It's a- they purchased the sports rider, so they covered themselves for the high risk snowmobiling. Okay, having a blast. Yeah, and there's a sign or a roped off area that says "Do not enter." And mm-hmm. they're like, "Too bad. I'm going to do what I want." And they cause an avalanche, and now they get injured. You are on your own. If it is a purposely area that says "Do not enter," a roped off, a sign. And absolutely something you should have seen and you still do it, that will result in a denial. That being said, there is no stupidity clause. So you posing for a selfie with a grizzly bear or a kangaroo. Have you guys seen how beefy those kangaroos are and you get punched in the head by one of those things? You're on your own, right? We're not going to. I'm sorry. Those we would cover because there's no stupidity clause and there's no there's no uh, rider that you can add on for getting boxed uh, by a kangaroo, unfortunately. You're not um, going out of bounds. You're not right. list, you're not doing one of those listed like restricted activities. Silly, making bad choices. Right. So yeah, there's a difference between breaking the rules and doing silly things. Mm. Uh, at but least, it also, at sorry. least it doesn't exist yet. So Correct. if enough people you know, I'm thinking about like the show um, Jackass. Is that the, the show where they yep. do all these ridiculously dumb things? Yep. Suppose if like, you know, uh, there was this huge wave of people doing something ridiculously dumb, then uh, that would result in an exclusion. And actually, I'm pretty sure I've been to your background. Oh, maybe. I think, I think this that's, is. That's I don't it might Tulum. be Tulum. Yeah, you're probably right. We have a lot of travelers yeah. at Tugo. Go figure. But yeah, I do want to mention alcohol as well really quickly because... Thank you. Yeah, it was yeah. Come back to that or, and or illegal drugs. Maybe yeah, yeah because you kind of like glossed but... over. Yeah. You kind of glossed over the alcohol. You're like, because that muddied the water for me. I'm like, wait, is it going to be... <laughs> but you, but I, you did mention... She. She. Right. 
She's did, drinking on the beach. That's me. You did mention that you guys have a limit. So I'm assuming if it's yeah. beyond that limit, well, you tell us. Okay. So I can't speak again for other companies. And this is something, if you are buying an insurance product, you need to check into this, especially if you're going to go to Mexico, sit on the beach, have a bunch of cervezas. This is something you want to look into is if drinking is important on vacation, I'm there with you. But I'm also aware. So Tugo has a 0.08 blood alcohol limit. But we're not just denying claims all willy-nilly because that's not what we operate. It has to be the reason the claim happened in order for us to deny it. So if Evan is loaded on his choice of whatever, no judgment, and you are randomly falling off a curb in Mexico because you're clumsy and the curbs are like giants in Mexico, and you bust your ankle... You being drunk had no bearing on that claim because it was just a giant curb and anyone would have done it. But if you are dancing on a glass coffee table and it breaks and you fall through and you get injured and break an arm and you're, then you're on your own. We're going to obviously do a blood alcohol level. And if we can determine whether that was avoidable or non-preventable, that's how we kind of determine if it's payable or not. How do you, how do you do the blood alcohol? Like, how do you find out? So most claims, most doctors and hospitals will actually be one of the first things they take, especially if they find you at the bottom of a loading dock six times over the legal limit, not knowing your name and slurring. They usually take the legal limit as soon as you're administered. Mm, or admitted. Right. They want to know what they're dealing with medically. And correct. Yeah. Correct. Uh, maybe not Makes so sense. much for everyone who maybe not would present with symptoms and signs of being overdosed or drugged mm. or whatever. Um, but absolutely. It's something they do regularly. What about the trip to Amsterdam and you're just doing all the drugs? Mm -hmm. I don't know what's legal there, but. Uh... Yeah, now that cannabis is legal as well in so many yeah. places. So if cannabis is legal, you're fine. If you have a claim, you're covered, no problem. But if I think there's still two states that are, it's still illegal. I forget which ones are holding out. But mm -hmm. let's pretend you went to that one state and had a claim. That could be a deniable claim if you, it was because of that drug or whatever you decided to explore maybe it was meth for the first time i'm joking but mm -hmm. if that was your <laughs> open airy drug your door opening who knows so mm -hmm. who knows i'd assume that overdoses would fall under the same thing like if you go and yeah. intentionally take yeah. illicit drugs in another country and then you're hospitalized then That's correct okay. as well as unfortunately yeah. like suicide attempts self-inflicted injury those things are also widely excluded from travel insurance mm. so yes mm. that would kind of fall in the same line hmm 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 yeah that's another thing i just wouldn't have really thought about yeah that whole yeah gamut there and it's a popular activity for people to do to be yeah having drinks on the beach or especially after covid they were calling it like revenge travel or hedonistic travel like people just trying to get the heck out of dodge um and making you know bad choices and spending more money and you know kind of going over the top so we were trying mm -hmm. to get it across that double check your policy mm -hmm. know what you're insured for so mm -hmm. That actually it makes me think of at least the last question I have for you, Christina, is, yeah. is COVID still relevant as far as travel and travel insurance goes? Or is it just kind of like the flu now? Or what's the, what's the situation? 
if you were the agent on my webinar the other day who just told me it never existed in the first place and it's just the flu, yeah. he would probably say it's the flu. But we Gosh, actually I came. just realized I said that. I didn't <laughs> okay. to... No, it's fine. <laughs> I just like touched a nerve there no, on, honestly, on a political <laughs> approach to COVID. I didn't mean so to. Funny. I meant like is it treated in a similar Absolutely. way to a virus? It's so funny. I was saying to Kim before this session, don't, I, I was saying before the session that I still get a lot of the political stuff coming at me and I'm like, we're just going to kibosh it because we've tied right into the travel advisories. So as long as the federal government doesn't make it mandatory for you to test or be vaccinated or whatever, then we yeah. don't care either. And then it's covered. Of the so, destination place yeah, you're going to. Exactly. So just always check the Government of Canada travel advisory websites and you're good to go. Okay. And that and then you're covered or you're not covered based on that. We just try to make it really easy. We don't want to be reactive anymore if there's going to be another pandemic happening or whatever. We're just we're done. Check the website. Cool. All right. Well that's straightforward easy. and pretty easy to yeah. manage then. Exactly. Cool. Hmm. Yeah. I've got a question, uh, more procedural question. So people purchase their travel insurance, like good little travelers, and they get their little wallet card, and they usually file that somewhere in a desk at home and then go on their trip. Uh, what would you suggest when it comes to making a claim while on a trip? Would you suggest that people hang on to their receipts and follow up with you guys later? Or would you suggest that they call the little number on that wallet cart that they should have packed with them? Mm -hmm. What what would be your procedural uh, best practice? I don't know if I'm allowed to share this, but I'm going to do it anyways. But <laughs> coming up man. soon, yeah, <laughs> we actually, I think, are sending out emails. So Kim should send it, receive an email soon. But we actually have something called my to go. So everyone who is a policy holder, and this actually the claim side of it launched on the 14th of September as a soft launch before we actually announced it to make sure we got all the bugs out. But if it's a non-hospitalization, they can actually just create a profile right on my to go. And they can now submit and upload every receipt, every bill, every claim form, all onto the system. So if it is a non-hospitalization, like Evan, who was stuck in Mexico because his kids tested positive for COVID, now you can't get on a plane, what do you do? So in Evan's situation, he had to pay for the resort. He had to pay for food. He had to pay for new flights home for his family. His trip has now been interrupted. But it's not a medical situation that's going to warrant, oh my goodness, I need to talk to someone, I need money, 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 right? It's not like that type. Luckily, maybe Evan was able to pay for new tickets home and things like that. But that is the reality. If you are traveling, hopefully you have access to some sort of funds because if there is some sort of interruption in your Paul and your your trip, sorry, um, you don't have to call the claims department. You can actually just save all your receipts and submit them after the fact. Now, again, I'm only speaking for Tugo because some companies are very different. And if you don't call within 48 hours of having a claim, they penalize how much they're even going to pay of your claim. Tugo doesn't do that. You can just do it whenever, call us ASAP, submit when you can. Um, but I don't, a lot of companies penalize. So I want to make sure you also check the fine print because we are unique in that aspect of claiming. Mm -hmm. And, and, and hospitalization? Hospitalization, please call ASAP. Uh, we want to make sure we're approving everything that's happening to your person as it's going on in real time. We have doctors on staff. 
So if you are in the middle of some massive emergency, we're there, we're approving it, we're telling them what to do, what to do, how to get you home, when to get you stable, and making sure everything is just flowing and information is with our doctors as well. Oh, that's great to help yeah. coordinate that. Absolutely. Because mm. things can get scary. And those phone calls can often be like 911 phone calls when family members are calling in, dad's in the hospital, massive heart attack. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Right. That's who the, those are the claim lines we want to keep open. Mm. Right. Those are what we want. And we do have separate phone lines, one for non-hospitalizations and one for hospitalizations, which is answered immediately. So. Mm. Yeah. Evan, I was I interrupting you. You were going to say something. No, that's okay. I, I think I was just going to comment on on what the experience was like. Like, they're not going to, if you call in a non hospitalization, I don't think they're going to punish you. Oh, no. Um, like, like I called. I spoke to a nice lady, and she yeah. just, you know, kind of told me what to do as far as like make sure you save all the receipts, and this is what the kind of thing that's covered. Like, they, it was just helpful because. Okay, I read the fine print before we we bought the insurance. I was prepared. I was thinking, if you know, I've got five children, so there's a good chance someone might get COVID, and that could wreck the whole trip. And so um, I was more diligent than I would normally have been when buying travel insurance. Um, and so, but she was still very helpful in in you know how she explained you know what's covered and and what that means because sometimes you know you can read it read the fine print, but you still don't really know exactly what it means. Um, and so she was helpful for that because there's things like your per diems yeah, and how that works when there's multiple people. And I didn't stay. And one of the reasons I didn't stay was because of that conversation with her, because for, for that insurance, the, the initial, only the initial trip interruption was covered. So um, it was two minor children that tested positive. And so my wife could stay with them. Um, but if we all stayed and other people who did not test positive, then tested positive, we would not, then it would not have covered that. Cause you're um, kind of and, putting yourself in harm's way, I guess. And it, I mean, this is dated a little bit. It's not really applicable it anymore. Is. Yes, no, it's not. Yeah, it was. It was a specific rule that was in place at the time that you had to test negative within uh, three days before flying. Right. We don't have so it that, anymore, which is good. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That risk was very real. That if we stayed, someone else could get it and test yeah. positive, and then that would not have been covered if we had to delay the trip again. And so right. we we sent all non-essential people home. Probably for the best. You probably made the right call. Uh, Things have changed a little differently now with the policy. Um, It does cover companions that test positive or don't, things like that. that So that's all covered now. Yeah. Well, my wife was covered. Like she she stayed and she was covered. But the... uh... It, it, at the time, it was just the one event, but it, it doesn't matter anywhere for COVID anyways until, you know, and hopefully never again. But um, no. but Evan, I want to touch on, you're totally correct. You can absolutely call the claims number. If you want someone to talk to you through the wording booklet, if you don't have an advisor to talk to, 100% the claims phone number is available for anyone to call at any point. I just, there's sometimes a hold on the non-hospitalization claims line. And then I get the, why am I on hold? I have a claim. And I'm not saying your claim is not important at all. 
but and if you want you know answers that's a really great thing to hang on to for sure and sit on hold but there are other resources if you're able to just move along so and and there was no like the my to go might have been around but it wasn't the same as what you just no. described you guys just launched so no nope, it's, it's just launching yeah it's brand new so and i was not going to call kim no <laughs> She did enough already. She did not need me calling her from Mexico. Cam, is this? Can we just call me? Exactly. (laughs) I think the situation actually made me think of something that's never occurred to me before. But what if you travel with your family and one of your minor kids does get sick? So does insurance typically also, I I mean, it probably depends on what kind, but how does that work for parents or a, a parent or both parents or the whole family staying then? because of one person's illness yeah we actually had a family so evan this would apply to you um the little girl in the family got a really bad ear infection in mexico and the on resort doctor was like you're not getting on a plane that can burst your eardrum right you're not going anywhere so they actually had to interrupt the trip they had to stay at the resort for an extra five days until she was done her antibiotics so yeah terrible so uh with our current policy so again after evan's uh interaction there we do cover companions in those situations. So now that mom and dad, the other kids, everyone's trips now be impacted, they're not able to fly home on their original departure date. They absolutely can make a claim, but they need to have trip interruption insurance. Interruption. So that's yes. the real key is what yes. coverage you have there. Okay. Yeah. Medical and trip interruption. I cannot stress those two enough. Okay, so medical is going to pay her bill for going to the doctor, but it's that trip interruption that's going to compensate the family for needing to stay in Mexico for those extra days. Gotcha. Okay. And and to to be clear, like, that was the same coverage, like that, that was the same when we had it. It was just, there was that added risk of if one of us tested positive for COVID, then then that next extension wouldn't have been covered. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, and it covers things like, so you have to get new tickets or if you can change your tickets, yeah. whatever that cost differential is, it's all covered. And like per DMs that were very generous, like we were in Mexico, um, my wife and the two kids that stayed, they, they, it would have been very difficult to spend the per DM. It's three fifty a day to a max of $1,500 per person listed on the plan. And that's for hotel, food, taxi, internet, and then, cell like phone. you said, cell phone, yeah, things yeah. like that. So, yeah, it is it is generous. So, hmm. yeah, yeah. They stated they stated we were at an all inclusive that we had a good deal on, and we left that resort and they went to they found like a nice Airbnb right on the beach in Cancun, and it was well within the per diem. Like, yeah, you, they, good for they, you. Yeah. It's the only insurance that you kind of hope that you claim on. (laughs) As long as it's not you that's sick, right? The poor girl with the ear infection. I mean, at least she had, she was still in Mexico. So, I mean, that's, that's not too bad. Not terrible. Um, But if you're one of the the people traveling with them, you're like, God, I have to stay on vacation, but this Uh. is totally covered. Ah. (laughs) Does someone come into your work for you though while you're away? No, probably not. Hey. No, that's not covered on the plan. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> oh my goodness. Nice try, Heather. Take your laptop. <laughs> 
Well, I think you've answered all of my questions, Christina. Cam, Evan, do you have any any questions or observations? I don't think so. We have really put her through the ringer for like That's the okay. what if scenarios. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what if this happens? This is my right. daily life. This is every day. So don't worry. <laughs> so, and I just, yeah, like we've, we learned about what's covered by, by your provincial medical and the like the the things to watch out for for that and as well as some things to watch out for when you're buying travel insurance in general and why it's a good idea to do it is even if you're traveling uh to a different province i had i would never in a million years have had thought to get travel insurance for traveling to a different province now i'm rethinking that um it's close to home unfortunately yeah Mm-hmm. Glad your parents are doing okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kim, anything from your end? Anything that you like? Because you're the one that's facing questions about these regularly as part of your job. I think the key is if you're traveling, just reach out to somebody about travel insurance to know if you need it or not. If you don't need it, they're going to tell you you don't need it. If you need it, then you should buy it. Because as mentioned earlier, it's not that expensive to give yourself a lot of peace of mind. There's nothing that can blow up a retirement faster than a trip to Europe, but you land in Dallas or wherever. And I mean, maybe not Dallas, but you, you land in an airport in the United States and you have a medical problem there and you didn't get coverage in the United States for your travel. Well, see you later retirement. So I think like the stakes are higher than people think as you get older in terms of putting this type of coverage in place, not to minimize young people, especially getting coverage for things like backcountry skiing in another province. I think it's just a really you know, as Christine and I were talking about earlier, it, it's not talked about a lot, but it really should be. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much for coming on yeah. the program uh, to have somebody uh, with your knowledge from, from your company, come on and give us all of these ins and outs. I think it's going to be valuable to every single person who tunes in. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'd be happy to come back on or answer any other questions and I will get back to you about that other question so that Evan knows all about the summoning prepare uh <laughs> military well we 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 love getting down to brass tacks here and yeah. so um I can maybe you can shed some light on this you've already said it's 20 bucks for interprovincial travel insurance Roughly, somewhere yeah. around there and for mine I seem to recall it being about like just over three hundred dollars or something like yeah. that for my entire family of there were seven of us for and it was like we were gone for two weeks so it was a longer trip well for our whole family it was a longer trip in mexico that was fairly like that was a very small fraction of uh what we were spending on that trip so and then of course we got great value out of that because we claimed a lot more than that 350 or whatever it was Is that kind of typical range for, I know there's other factors you already talked about that are going to make it more expensive if you're older and whatever, but for people under 60, is that kind of typical range that you'd, you'd see? Yeah. For the people that are going away and actually Evan, since you have five children, I'm happy to tell you the more people on a family and friends policy, the cheaper it is. So I guess just keep pumping out kids and you're going to save on the insurance bill. Finally. It's Amazing. coming up, Evan. Yeah. So <laughs> we actually have a friends and family discount that actually lowers the cost by almost half 
for if it's two parents and a minimum of six kids that are under the age of 21. So our family and friends plan, uh, very beneficial. Um, even if you were, you know, had one kid and you're taking, you know, three kids on vacation, the more you add on, the lower the cost. So um, 300 bucks is probably pretty average for your trip interruption, medical for the families. Trip cancellation is where it gets pricey because the more in yeah. money we're insuring, the more costly the policy. But gotcha. you can purchase standalone interruption for very low cost. It's like 48 bucks a person for a $10,000 policy. And it's such a huge value add in that exact situation. Uh, yeah. There you go. Good. Well, that's it then. That's that's all the questions that I had. And amazing if you didn't, it is the superlative uh, of the podcast brought to you by Kim McDonald. <laughs> it's her fault. We all say amazing now. Amazing. amazing. <laughs> exactly. It's amazing. It's a great word. And you should all thank, yeah, you should thank me for it. <laughs> it creates positivity. Agreed. It does. Great. Well, thanks, I'm Christina. I'm waiting for you to say it. Thank Can't you. Say it. Say it. <laughs> Everything's so amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's been great. And I hope you all have a great night. You too. Th thank you. Bye, thanks guys. for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, and are we supposed to say and smash that like button, Heather? Right? Uh, yeah. Subscribe and like. <laughs> yeah. Get on the front end. Who stays to yes. the very end? <laughs> Should we say?